Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. Man, we've been spending some really good time. This last few weeks have been so good. It's been really precious to look at Jesus, right? To look at the life that Jesus had. I mean, it's been powerful to look at the life he had with the Holy Spirit, the relationship, the intimacy, and the joy that he had with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's, it's really neat, isn't it? Like, just, I've been noticing more things. I'm like, man, I just never noticed this before. You start looking at Jesus a little differently, not for not who he was, but the fact that this relationship, this triune God, that's working in perfect harmony together to fulfill the desire of their heart to make way for us to enter in. It's so beautiful. So it's been incredible. It's, we witnessed, we get to experience the joy that Jesus had with the Holy Spirit, the power that Jesus moved in with, that was from the Holy Spirit, and the necessity that Holy Spirit was to Jesus. He walked him. He didn't walk out of relationship. It wasn't lone Jesus. It was Jesus with the Holy Spirit listening, and the Holy Spirit's working with the Father. The Father's speaking. It's His Father's heart. He's like, I desire this, and then the Holy Spirit brings it to Jesus, and Jesus says, I'm going to speak it, and the Holy Spirit's going to move out. It's so incredible to look this just a little differently. Um, again, Jesus became a man for us. This is important. We've talked about it a few times, and, and today we're going to be finishing up. We might be finishing up this whole... This, this, just to look at Jesus. This, so we're going to cover a lot of ground. If you've got notes, who has notes? Everyone good? No, but it's really neat. It's, it's such an important fact that Jesus became man. He became a man for us to show us the way of obedience, the reliance on the Holy Spirit, also the relationship that he had with the Holy Spirit. He's trying to show us what we were intended for. He's like, I want you to have this, what we're intended for. We have this possibility. We just say, man, I don't know Jesus. And that's, that's the only thing. That's the enemy speaking fear and denial. And he's trying to block us from this, our, call, our true identity. He's like, I don't want you to walk in the fullness of what you're called to walk in. So therefore, the enemy is like, I want to sow doubt. I want to sow fear into you. So that way you don't understand that you are called to walk like Jesus did in the power of the Holy Spirit, relationship that he had. Right? Jesus became a man. He set the example. He humbled himself so that we might know what it looks like to walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit and to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth so we might know the Father and abide in his love. He's like, I want you to have the Spirit. So I, we talked about a few about a month or so ago, the, we were focusing on Ephesians 1.17 um, in the context of everything we were doing, we were ca- talking about in the context of that, which is, um, let's see here. We can get the slides going. Thank you, sir. Um, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. I want you to know him in the fullness so you might know him better. And in the context of what we've been talking about with Jesus, the life that Jesus had with the Holy Spirit, we've been talking in the context of that three, uh, Ephesians three sixteen through 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, so that you might, know, that you might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. 
we were looking at Jesus who is rooted and established in God, the Father's love. Like He's like, I receive that revelation. He's like, you are my son. I'm walking in that revelation. I know him as son. He's walking that revelation. He's walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's strengthened in his inner man through the Holy Spirit. He's strengthened, and he's walking in the, this immeasurable love. And that's why when he walks around, he's loving everyone he's around. He's walking and rooted and grab, gr- grounded in that love. And he's calling us to, he's inviting us into this. So we're building this context where we walk through. We're seeing through the whole work of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus was, became flesh. He, there was no way except through the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, who was the Word of God, was, who created all things, was conceived in Mary through the work of the Holy Spirit. And through the instruction of the Holy Spirit, Jesus grew and was strengthened in spirit and was filled with wisdom. And through the fullness of the Holy Spirit, in revelation of the Father's love, Jesus joins humanity's plight. He's baptized. He overcomes every temptation Satan threw at him. And he makes a way for open heaven over Israel to begin his ministry. And where we left off two weeks ago, the last two weeks, the Holy Spirit was the source of Jesus' teaching. His healing, the power, the deliverance, the resurrections. As he spoke, the finger of God, he said, if, but, if it's by, but if it's by what God's doing, if it's by the kingdom of heaven, then the finger of God comes down and touches heaven. He's, he's talking, but he's walking out. He's walking out what the Father has called him to do. He's like, I don't do anything except what the Father has told me to do. He's walking out Isaiah 61. He's, I love it when he just kind of walks into that. After he's received the revelation, he's, he's walking with the power of the Holy Spirit. He's overcome every temptation for 40 days, and he walks in to this uh, synagogue, and he starts reading Isaiah 61, and he just kind of does a mic drop moment where he's like, this has been fulfilled. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. The Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. This is, this is powerful what he's about to do. And so we talked about it, we, saw, we read through it, and, and during that time, that after he does this mic drop moment, it was like, this is what's happening, this is being fulfilled right now. I am talking about me. No longer is it talking about something we wish for. It's something that's happening right now. I'm walking in this, this anointing. So Jesus walks from this and begins to do his ministry, healing and deliverance, people being raised from the dead. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is being taken by violence. There is this overwhelming longing for God's kingdom, and they're coming and they're advancing. It's being advanced with violence. Um, And during this time, he's modeling this reliance on the Holy Spirit. He goes and he ministers, and he goes and is quiet. He knows when because he's being led by the Spirit. And not only that, but he allows the disciples to partner with his heart and participate in Jesus' ministry. And they begin to def- they experience firsthand deliverances, healings. Like, they're even there. These demons are cowering to your name. This is incredible. They've never seen this before. They've never, they're just experiencing it. Just a taste of the Holy Spirit and the power. But Jesus reminds them, don't celebrate this. The fact that the spirits will submit to you. Because I, I, don't, I don't want you to be focused on that, the ministry. I don't want you to be focused on the doing. I want you to be focused on the relationship. I want you to be excited. He's like, because the demons are going to go, right? Sickness is going to go. Healing and deliverance, that all that ministry is someday is going to cease. Praise God, we're not going to have that anymore. We're not going to have need for that anymore. Isn't that exciting? Some of us are like, man, Lord, I can't wait. I cannot wait. 
Oh, I, I believe all of us can't wait. We're just we're excited for his return. But this is the reality. I want you to be excited about this. You have me. Your name is written in my book of life. Be excited about that. Don't cease spreading the message. Again, I'm just reading. This is my Caleb edition. Um, don't, I don't want him to say, he's not saying, just don't spread the ministry. Don't, don't stop. Don't get like, oh, well, I'm not going to do ministry. It's all about relationship. He's like, no, from that relationship, ministry will come. Because once you're overwhelmed with the love that the Father has for us, he's like, I want to share the gospel. I want to share the message. I want to I see healing and deliverance because I know and I believe that because this relationship is true. This is real. Don't get caught up in ministry and miss out on relationship, but keep doing the things. Don't cease. Um, so I'm going to skip this next verse because we've kind of, I did my own version of it. Um, read it. It's in there. It's Luke, uh, Luke uh, 10. Oh, there we go. There we go. Now we're on to, oh yeah, I did love that. I love that this, this little verse. Though. I do want to read this because I love this. He gets so excited about what's going on. Not, he's like, I don't want you to get caught up in the ministry. I want you to be caught up in that fact that I love you and I have you, your name written in my book of life. He's like, and then he goes from that to praying to the Father. He's like, oh, the Holy Spirit catches him up in joy. And he's like, no one knows the Son. All these things have been committed to me. He's like, oh, no one knows the Father except for the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Blessed are thy eyes that see what you see. Man, he's so excited. Oh, again, you read this. Just read this. Like, Lord, this is what you've called us into. I'm going to keep on moving forward. Because I have only a short amount of time. And I'm trying to keep this consolidated. So I want you to look at it. It's, it's the blessing, the blessing that we have to know the Father. And then he reveals them to us, simple little children. Sometimes you're like, God, who am I that you want to reveal things to me? Do you know who I am? Do you know the insecurities I have? Do you know how dumb I feel sometimes? I don't know. I'm not called. I'm not equipped. And he's like, no, I, I want to reveal this to you. I chose you. I want, to, I want to reveal this to my little children. I love you. So we're going to spend the next four points. Um, we're going to be looking at, um, looking at the life of Jesus, the union that Jesus had with the Holy Spirit. We're going to be looking at the cross, the resurrection, the ascension, and the second coming. Now you're like, Caleb, how much time are you going to be taking on this? We're going to go through it quick, okay? Because <laughs> we, we cannot go to the depth that I want to go. We're going to, we're going to be touching on it. We're just looking at it contextually. And we're going to be probably, because it's all about what we're longing for. And then we go into that later on. We'll, 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 we'll dive into those things. But the reality is the Holy Spirit played such a major role. He played such a major role in each of these moments. And I want us to look, I want us to appreciate and fall in love with the work of the Holy Spirit. Again, I know that we're like, man, don't forget Jesus, don't forget the Father. No, the Holy Spirit esteems the Father and esteems the Son. He loves them. And, and, there's, and when we're loving the Holy Spirit, when we're, loving, we're loving Jesus and we're loving the Father. We're loving all of them, but we need to focus on this. I want to look at it. I want to give honor to the role that Holy Spirit plays. I want to look at him for what he's doing. So, point one. The cross. Through Holy Spirit, Jesus offers himself for our sins. Holy Spirit was involved in our atonement. In uh, Hebrews, uh, you can read through chapter 9. It's a really great chapter. But in that, it talks about, it describes Jesus as our high priest. He's entering the most holy of holy places. And he goes and he's offering his blood on the heavenly altar for our salvation. He's doing this for us. And it says in uh, verse nine, uh, chapter 9, 11 through 14, when Christ came as the high priest of the good, 
of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not part of this creation. Man, I think he's talking about himself. He's like, oh, this is beautiful. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once, once for all, by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. This has been done ritually, constantly, sacrifices, sacrifices, one sacrifice, it's done. Through Jesus. The blood of goats. He did not enter by the means of blood of goats. Ah, oh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. The blood and goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean. He, it would sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more than would the blood of Christ, who though the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we might serve the living God. How much more? I love this because it talks in verse 14, it says that Christ, through the eternal spirit, offered himself. The Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, he is doing this. He's offering himself unblemished to God. It was through the Holy Spirit, preserving him, sustaining him, strengthening him. He is walking in the Holy Spirit. He's showing us, again, he was perfect and strengthened in the Holy Spirit. He's being taught by the Holy Spirit and led. Man, we can go into that more, but we're going to move on to point two already. Point number two, the resurrection. Man, praise God. Jesus goes in. He, sat, he lays down his life, and from this place, he doesn't raise himself from the dead. It says, Holy Spirit raises Jesus from the dead. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus to life. Um, Romans 1, 3-4, it says that Jesus was appointed the Son of God through the Holy Spirit in power, regarding his Son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David. He was the lineage of David. And who through the Spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God. Through the Holy Spirit he was appointed. And in the power of by his resurrection from the dead. It's through his spirit. And it talks about it better in, in, a, in Romans 8.11. Because it talks, this is kind of like, okay, I think I see it. But in Romans 8.11 it says, And if by the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. I love this verse because this is what really kicked everything off. This is, I mean, I think me and you and Kathy were talking about this verse. Like, that verse, it's like, that's the one living in me. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't want to get it. I think we've talked about, like, I just, I want to understand that. And that's what God has been saying. He's like, do you know who's in you? Do you know? Do you know who's in you? If the Spirit of the living God, the one who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. He is mighty. He's talking about the Spirit. He is living in you. We're already at point number three. Can you believe it? No, we got a lot of points. That's why. Um, I just again, it's, 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 I'm trying to keep this. I know I don't want to be like a fire hydrant, but I also want to get it. I want to get this context. The ascension. This is important. Through Christ's ascension, Holy Spirit is poured out. This is what Jesus has been longing for. Remember? Do you guys remember? Oh, how I longed to send fire. Luke 12, or, or, yeah, Luke 12, 49 through 50. We've read that several times um, because it's from Jesus' desire to pour out the Spirit 
on all flesh, right? Because he's been anointed. It talked about, we, he's the anointed one that talks about in the prophets. He is the one that's going to pour out the Spirit, the, one, the Holy Spirit that we longed for, the one that they had the celebration of the feast for. They're like, you know, again, like there's, which I'm going to read about here in a second, because we, do you guys remember that? Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. We talked about the, the celebration of the feast. They're, they're, they had the last day. Every day they had an important thing. It was the water ceremony. It was the part of the water. And it was supposed to signify the pouring out of the Spirit. Because, again, they're like, they're doing this because they're seeing in all the Old Testament, all the prophets, like, it says he's going to do it. He's going to pour his Spirit on all flesh. Oh, how I long for that. I long for that. Oh, I want that. And they keep doing this. And there's celebration. There's jubilee. I mean, we think our singing's anything. I mean, I, our singing's awesome. Let me tell you, it's awesome. But they compare. They talk, they're just saying, you don't understand this jubilant desire. Again, like, they're not getting it. They, they don't have the Holy Spirit in them, so this is a lot different. But they're like, oh, I long for it with all my heart. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm singing for it. And it gets even crazier. Day one, day two, day three, day seven. Jesus stands up. Oh, he stands up and he says something wonderful and so audacious, but it's something they've longed for. And the last, and it says the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, not quietly, he says it boldly, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this he met the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So this is what's beautiful. right? We read Luke 49 where he's saying, I come to bring fire on the earth. Oh, how I wish it was already kindled. It's my desire. But I have a baptism to undergo. What constraint I am under until it is completed. Now it is completed. He has laid down his life. He's been resurrected. He's been brought back to life through the Holy Spirit. And now it's done. He is being glorified. He's being raised up and he's ascended. He's being glorified, as it said in John, John 39. He's like, he has not yet been glorified. Now he is. And now the Spirit can be given. The Holy Spirit can be poured out. And he gives us the Holy Spirit as a deposit, a seal of his promise. It says in 2 Corinthians 1, 22, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. Talk about the anointed. We've been anointed with the Holy Spirit. He set a seal of ownership on us and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Man. Now Jesus, again, He had not been yet glorified until this time when Jesus ascends into heaven as King of kings, Lord of lords. Now the Spirit of God, the mighty Holy Spirit, can now be poured out. He is being glorified. Ephesians 4.10 confirms this. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens. He who came to the lowest of low, remember he was the Philippians too, that lowest of low, that humble servant, came as a man. He is now being glorified. He is being ascended higher, higher than the hell the heavens, higher than anything that's ever been created in order that he could fill the whole universe. Or as it says in a different version, um, that all things would be filled He's doing this, so now he could fill all things. Jesus has been raised to life. Acts 2, 32, 33, it says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. This is, this is Peter 
filled with the Spirit speaking this out. He's exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. This is what's going on. He's like, this is what's going on. The Holy Spirit's been poured out. Man, he has been exalted to the right hand of the Father. Jesus, who has received the promised Holy Spirit, is now pouring out the Holy Spirit. And now we come to point number four. And this one's a longer one. But this is a powerful one. The second coming. Through the Holy Spirit, we are raised to life. Now, as we take a look into Revelation, I want, I want, and we're looking at Jesus' return, our destiny, our calling. A lot of people like to avoid Revelation because they're scared of it. But our desire is to know what's to come. And what's to come is some hard things, right? I mean, Jesus did that all the time through his whole three-year ministry. He was constantly, he was not just saying, hey, this is going to be fun. You're going to have a great time. You're getting my Holy Spirit and you're going to be giggly all the time. It's like, no, it's going to get hard. There's going to be separation. People are going to hate you. Your brothers and da your dad and father, they're going to all hate you a little bit. A lot of them, you're going to be separated. It's going to cause division. That doesn't sound fun, does it? It's not a very, Jesus is not very good at marketing, okay? He's not very good at marketing the kingdom of heaven, but he is good at living the kingdom of heaven. And he's good, because again, Jesus was killed. I mean, again, he was, he was, it was for a purpose. He allowed it. So, but the reality is like, I want you to understand. I've been hated in my own, my own town. People, you're, it's going to be hard. I'm warning you. It's going to be tough. Now, whether you're a pre-trip, post-trip, mid-trip, I don't care. We need to look at this. And I, I, I call myself a pessimistic post-trip. I just, I look at it because like, I want to know what the worst case scenario is. So that's me. That's my kind of living. And I won't say anything about yours just because I get it. My desire, again, like it's not, because I am, I used to be, again, I'm just going to speak on my perspective and you guys can live it out. You guys can figure it out. But my perspective is always before I was afraid. I was afraid. I, you know, I, le I read Left Behind and I got all nervous and I was like, oh, thank God we get out of all this nonsense. And that was my perspective. That was my attitude. And I was like, Jesus was like, well, what if it's going to be harder? What if it doesn't go that way? Will he be offended? Like, I'd probably be offended because I'd be like, Seriously, Jesus, you brought me through this? You put me in this? This nonsense, this awfulness? He's like, no, but look what the purpose of this is. We're gonna, we're, so I'm, I'm, I'm diving pretty deep in one area, but I'm, I'm going to get out of it here in a second. This is like a bunny trail. But I want us to say, like, look at this, because we're not going to look at the middle and say, oh, I'm going to wonder where you get the end. I, don't even, I can't even believe it could get any better than this. This is pretty awful. This is pretty rough. Who can understand this? Praise God, Holy Spirit has been given to us so we can understand it. Um, we're going to start from Revelation 4. We're going to build this picture together, okay? This is the throne room. Now, I don't have it on my slides because I want you to... Do we have Bible? Who has Bibles? Again, nothing. If you guys have one, there's, there should be up there. If you could read it, awesome. If you don't want to read it and you just want to listen, I'll read it to you, okay? I want to read it and just maybe close your eyes. I want, that's kind of fun to me. I'm like, just a picture... Um, what this looks like. We want to picture this, this throne where, where God is on his throne in all his splendor, in all his majesty. So here, I'm going to read it through for you. Through you for you, whatever. English. It was not my degree. So, Romans, starting with verse 2. At once, I was in the Spirit. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, 
a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The other one was like an ox. The third a face, like a, with a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. This is, this is pretty wild. They were covered with eyes, and day and night, I'm going to skip a little ahead, day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, they fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will they were created and have their being. This is the picture. This is the throne. The 24 elders, the four living creatures crying out. Whenever the creatures are crying out, the 24 elders are falling down. They're worshiping. They're casting the crowns. They're saying, you are worthy, God. You are worthy of glory, worthy of honor, worthy of power. You created everything, and by your will, they were created. There's no one like you. And now we get to Revelation 5, where we are going to take a closer look. If you, could turn to, if you want to turn to Revelation 5, awesome, because I'll be jumping around a little bit. I'm not going to have it on the slide. I'm just going to read it. In verse 1 we see, and it's going to read, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a th scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. He is seeing someone. We see that in, who's he talking about? He's talking about God who sits on the throne. The Father's right hand is a scroll that contains the Father's plan to bring the fullness of his kingdom to earth as it is in heaven for, and for Jesus' return. Right, this is the culmination of his plan, his desire. He's got the seven seals ready to be opened. But here's the thing. He's going to be but all things under someone. He, who is worthy, though? Who is worthy? And this is what the question is. This, this angel says, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside. They couldn't even see the plans. And this is John, he said, I wept, and I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll and look inside. And then one of the elders turned and said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Oh, when we see Jesus... It says, I saw a lamb, verse 6, I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. He is worthy. Jesus is worthy. He's the worthy one to open the seals, to walk out the Father's plan. He is going to to do mighty things. He's going to remove anything that hinders love. He's going to tear down all of Satan's strongholds. At last, all of them gone. 
bringing eternal justice and reigning on earth forever. He's going to fulfill all of our prayers. All of the saints that have come before us. Every saint that's been crying out, your kingdom come. You taught us to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done. He's like, I'm going to do it. Now we're seeing this, we're looking at this, but we're going to look a little closer because in verse 6 it says, Jesus, the Lamb, looking as if he had been slain. We're going to break this apart. He had seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, which God sent out into the, all the earth. This is describing Jesus' leadership. First of all, the Lamb looking as if it had been slain. It's showing that Jesus is the only one who has the right to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth because he laid down his life. And right when Philippians 2, we read that first, verse 8 before a lot. 2 a and being found in the parents, right? He humbled himself. He humbled himself like becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And then verse 9, it says, therefore. I think I have this one on here. Oh, I did have verse 5 through 7. Sorry. There we, oh, here we go. Found in appearance. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. And gave him the name that is above every name, and every name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father, God the Father. We're seeing that Jesus, who is brought low, is being raised to the highest. And secondly, we're seeing the Lamb had seven eyes, which is perfect wisdom. He had seven horns, which is perfect power. The number seven is. Perfect. Jesus is, again, it's, it's found out through all the word, seven is perfect. So he has perfect wisdom, he has perfect power. Where does this come from? It says it comes from the seven spirits of God, which is the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is giving him. So he has all wisdom, all power, and all of heaven's resources. He's, he knows, and we know in the end what he's going to do. When Jesus returns, what's going to happen? This is the beautiful thing. For the Lord himself, he's going to come down from heaven with a loud command, with a voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. <laughs> yes. Oh. He's got to catch us up. We're going to be caught up. But here's the beautiful thing. The very spirit who raised Christ from the dead is going to raise us from the dead. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 6.14, By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. In 2 Corinthians 4.14, it says, Because we know that the one who has raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and send us with you to himself. He's going to bring us up. We're going to be caught up with Jesus, the beautiful one. Man. Finishing up here. This is, again, this is a long part, part, but I want to focus on this. This is beautiful. Just like Genesis, God the Father has a plan, right? He has a plan. And it was spoken by the Son. It says the, the Word of God who spoke things in and the Holy Spirit's mo moving over the waters and bringing about creation. I think, I think it just amplifies and exemplifies Genesis. Now Genesis to Revelation. What's happening? The Father has given Jesus the plan. Jesus is opening it up and he shouts and the Holy Spirit raises us from the dead. He accomplishes what he set out to do. And we meet Jesus in the air with our glorified bodies. And we will reign with Christ forever. 
Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of the study, Jesus' life is joyous union with the Holy Spirit. Again, that was over a month ago. It was through the work of the Holy Spirit that brought about the incarnation of Jesus. He brought about his life. He brought him. And so if the Holy Spirit was only responsible, this is the question, if Holy Spirit is only responsible for bringing about the word of God made flesh, this alone, so much honor is due him. Praise, man, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing this about, making a way. But again, that's not the only thing he did. Holy Spirit isn't just responsible for the incarnation of Jesus. He is also responsible for our new birth. But not only that, Holy Spirit is going to raise us from the dead on the day of Jesus' return so we can be with him forever. Now, as we look at this, again, I want to look and give great honor to Holy Spirit. Say, thank you, Jesus, for giving us your spirit. You gave us the Holy Spirit. I want to give him honor because he is the third person of the Trinity. We love Jesus. We're honoring Jesus. We honor the Father. We're honoring the Holy Spirit. This is the one who brought the Word made flesh, who taught Jesus, who filled him with power in the revelation of the Father, who did mighty miracles, deliverances, healings, who raised Jesus from the dead, who fills us, who dwells in us, who trains us, who shows us and reveals all things from the Father. And upon Jesus' return, he's going to raise us from the dead. So this is where we're going to end. Let us honor Holy Spirit for what he's done. We need a greater work. I want to walk in this reality that Jesus did. I want to become more like Jesus. I want to walk and give. I want to say, yes, Holy Spirit. I want greater work. I want greater measure of you. I want, I want to see you move in me. I want to see you move out of me. I want, to, I want to stop living like there's something else inside of me. Like I am who I was. I am not who I was. Thank you, Jesus. I am a new created create in Christ Jesus for good works. So I want to just invite you to pray. I want to stand. We're just going to invite the Lord to ask. Just say, Lord, have your way. Father, have your way. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you fill us. You're not half-hearted. Holy Spirit, we just need to remember who you are, the plans for you that you have for us. Father, I thank you that you have a plan for us. Thank you for the scroll that's been written from the beginning. There was no doubt in his mind when he set up the way it was going to be. You have the scroll. You have the plan. And Jesus, you are the only one worthy. You are the only one worthy to open up the seals. And Holy Spirit, you are the one that is going to raise us up from the dead. You're the one that's going to equip Jesus and all his leadership. You are walking with Jesus. You, he has the seven spirits of God, all power, all might through you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're going to raise us up, bring us back to life, and we're going to be caught up in the air with you, Jesus. We long for your return. So Holy Spirit, until that day, until that day we are raised, fill us. Increase in our lives. Greater measure. God, we are hungry. 
We're not satisfied. We're not living to the full capacity. We know it. Father, we want to live in the fullness that your Holy, the Holy Spirit has to offer, that you gave the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in that revelation that Jesus had. We want to walk in the authority and the power through Jesus' name. We want to walk in the relationship and, and have all understanding because, Holy Spirit, you, we have access to the throne room. We have access to the mind of Christ. We have access. We have discernment. You search all the deep things of God and you bring them to us we know this by your spirit because our eyes can't our eyes can't see it our ears can't hear it and our heart can't even imagine it the things you have in store for us because we love you so Jesus increase in us have your way in us in Jesus name amen